everyone, and welcome back to College Conversations, a podcast dedicated to exploring Christian higher education. I'm Jeff Sherrod, your host. And in today's episode, we explore a subject close to the heart of every college experience, building meaningful relationships and friendships during college. Uh, Greg and I are joined uh, by the one and only uh, Jen Yago. Jen is the Director of Student Life at the Institute for GOD. Together, we look into the importance of cultivating quality friendships during college. During the conversation, Jen and Greg emphasize the significance of demonstrating covenantal love in Christian communities. So this would include the role of proximity, time spent together, has really essential elements in developing these friendships, and that's part of what college is able to offer. We look at the role of biblical literacy in Christian friendships and discuss the importance of setting aside personal ambitions, drawing you know, our example from Jesus of washing his disciples' feet. True friendship extends beyond enjoyable company. It's about embodying God's values and living out his mission in our lives. This episode ends with a conversation about the importance of Christian friendships in college setting, drawing parallels from Jesus' own circle of 12 friends, and we discuss the value of resolving differences within the unity found in Christ and the crucial role of intentional community in fostering deep connections. We're excited you're here with us today as we explore this topic of community, mentorship, and the application of biblical principles in a college setting. We're not just talking about relationships. We're really talking about the heart of a meaningful college experience. This is College Conversations. Let's dive in. And we're back with College Convos. My name is Greg Garner, and I'm here with Professor Jeffrey Sherrod. Hey, everyone. And Student Life and Community Life Director for the Institute for Geodetic International, Ms. Jennifer Niago. Hello. So <laughs> <laughs> Siri calls you. Oh Niago. <laughs> I was trying to like keep going with a straight face. I couldn't do it. But really, it's Nyago. Yes. Which is Ugandan, right? It is. Because you have a Ugandan man. Yes, I do. Proudly. It's fantastic. Yes, it's fantastic. And you guys actually met through uh, the missions that are connected to the college, right? Yeah. Yeah, we certainly did. Back in 2005, mm-hmm. I got to experience my internship through uh, the ministry. And uh, that is where we initially met. And, you know, of course, it was a year later before the sparks really flew. But, yeah, internship was where I got International internship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The awesome. sparks flying. Yes. yes. And flew <laughs> they fantastic. did because we have three children now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's have a conversation. Yeah. So this week, uh, I think that both of us and even with Jen's job, we are interested in talking to you about um, Christian community uh, as it relates to college campuses. I think that this is something that a lot of people are looking for is community when they think about college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to let uh, Jen kind of kick us off here with the, the first prompt for discussion. Yeah. Um, well, recently we had an alumni testify to the quality of his relationships or friendships that he gained having come to the Institute. Um, he was sharing how when he came, you know, he only had one best friend, a childhood best friend he'd known for the majority of his life. But, you know, part of his testimony was that years later, he now has dozens of, you know, quality people that Mm. he knew he could count on in life, which is pretty phenomenal in and of itself. Um, But now, you know, having all of these lifelong friends, I know that the Institute, you know, of course, with my involvement, 
and having watched it over the years morph and change and grow, um, that we really do urge our students to deepen their friendships and to really work hard to move past, you know, superficial friendships, which is mm. obviously a challenge in and of itself. But I was wondering, what are some ways, um, even as the founder of our school, that you've intentionally tried to build into institute programs, like the avenues for deepening those relationships? And then kind of a second-fold question would be, what kind of advice would you give even to those that maybe aren't planning to come to the institute, but they're going to embark on their own college experience? How can they intentionally uh, develop quality relationships like that? When the time comes, you can bring up that second question uh, again, but yeah. I'll, I'll deal with the first one that uh, for me, if I can't find it, the impetus for an initiative in scripture, I have a hard time implementing anything. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the biblical communities that have some potential to thrive, there are certain components to them that are real similar all the way throughout. And I guess making those observations, whatever program I wanted to put into place for our college, I, I then had to make sure that it served the purpose of accomplishing, uh, ensuring that we had that specific component as to what could make for good friendships and community yeah. mm -hmm. in there. So. Take, for example, um, aloneness is not a good thing, Genesis 2.18, yeah. right? And it, technology, those animals are not going to be sufficient to mm -hmm. solve that issue. Mm. So there then needs to be other people, mm. specifically people who can help out and who can mirror back to you and and um, ultimately um, a partner in life to have family with. Mm -hmm. Sure. And uh, to, that's at the basis of any uh, strong community is a healthy family. So you start you, you look at the fact that there's a lot of people who in life they long for people to be covenantally close to them and the clearest avenue for that with respect to their own life would be getting married yeah. and, yeah, sure. and having kids. Mm -hmm. And that's like a guarantee these people are covenantally close to me. Right, right. right. But what we learn, especially in Christ through the New Testament, is that the one father we have whom we call upon for daily provisions mm -hmm. and leadership uh, away from temptations is also the one that we're asking for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And that would include us acknowledging the miracle that has been given to us as the body of Christ in that we are now covenant committed kind of people, yeah. like our God covenants with us. And he says, well, if you'd like to fulfill what it is that the Bible expects of you, the law and the prophets, then you're going to learn to love one another. Mm -hmm. And that love is is a really covenantal, committed kind of love that was, according to Romans um, 5, uh, it, it, it was something, it was a demonstration of the love of God mm -hmm. for him to give himself, even unto a cross, mm -hmm. For us, and so when you see demonstrative covenant love, you're looking at like very godly components, mm. Mm. and the question becomes: How do you cultivate that for people who come from various subcultures, yeah. where the most natural thing they know with covenantal love is the 
DNA nuclear family. Right. right. So I think an objective for any Christian community mm-hmm. is to emphasize the fathership, the parentship of God, mm. and the fact that it turns us into brothers and sisters, and help folks transition into that reality through programs and practice. Yeah. yeah. So to me, the first component is going to be proximity. You got to mm-hmm. be around folks. Mm. Uh, you can people know that with their families, they can have siblings, but if they're not around them, yeah, their relationship yeah, 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 can go stale. Yeah, and, yeah. It, there's there's something diminishing about a lack of proximity. Mm. The technology that we have allows us to bridge some of those gaps, mm-hmm. but it seems without some concrete, visceral experience mm-hmm. with another person, you almost have, uh, you have very little to work off of. Yeah. Uh, and that that's why the, the on-campus education is a really cool opportunity to yeah, develop community. Sure. Well, you can do some of it virtually through online community. Mm-hmm. Probably the best part about being part of our online community are the invitations right. to uh, annually come out and yeah. have Participate. that physical yeah, sure. experience. So I'd say proximity is a really big component. The next would be time spent. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure quality versus quantity makes that big of a difference mm. in this type of consideration because I know that growing up with my sister, who's my younger sibling, mm-hmm. I'm not sure all of our time spent was quality, mm. but I know we had quantity. Yeah, right? yeah. And and it could have been just like sitting in our van while we were driving up to Yosemite <laughs> from Southern California mm-hmm. and maybe not talking to each other, but we're in the van together. We right. made the same stops together. Yeah. Yeah. We ate the same meals together. Yeah. We probably didn't have any any conversation too deep. Mm. Probably just listening to music maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but those experiences created the context for the strong bond mm. that yeah. we have. Mm. So while quality is always wonderful, quantity yeah. counts for something. Yeah. Sure. And I know that for me and my college experience, uh, the my my best friend for the last twenty five years of my life was a result of us being in proximity as roommates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, well, a really awesome thing about that is because we we so shared our values in Christ. I never lived further than across the street from the guy. Yeah. For over twenty five years, but it's like um, that proximity component, time spent component. Mm. Can be facilitated. Hmm. Yeah, it, it it's countercultural now. People want to have this like incredible diversity of networks yeah. that they're attached mm-hmm. to. Yep, yep. They got these friends here and those yep. friends there, and mm-hmm. and it's it goes back to that that metaphor that you're real wide but you got no depth. Right. Right. And it's the deep relationships that last. Mm. Yeah. The, the 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 shallow friend network is almost seems like uh, inexhaustible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you just keep adding them. Ooh, I met that one person at that place. They got my IG. They DM me the other day. Like right. big deal. What's yeah. what's that yeah. about? Right. If it's not rooted in some kind of lasting, meaningful, covenantal mm. relationship, yeah. And so that leads to the concept of shared values. Mm. It's one thing to s- share cultural values. Mm-hmm. Those are civically or or through customs and practices enculturated into us. In other words, we we bond over these like shared pursuits prescribed to us by the world we live in. Mm-hmm. So, hey, have you taken your vacation this year? Yeah. Right. In our culture, vacation is a a thing that happens every year. We want to know where you're going. You're going to go to the beach. Yeah. What are you going to do? And it's it's like a, a way to connect with just everybody, but it's 
it's a value that mm-hmm. folks share. Mm-hmm. I can't wait mm-hmm. to take vacation. I was watching this one comedy and they were talking about meeting the parents of their uh, their kids' classmates. So their kid had a classmate that she really liked mm-hmm. and the kids in like kindergarten. And so the parents met the parents of that kid uh-huh. and they hung out with them at like a PTO kind of thing. Uh-huh. And when they got home, they're like, hey, I think these are the kind of friends that we could actually have that would get somewhere. And uh-huh. and then the, the wife's like, like vacation friends or like <laughs> going out to dinner friends. That's funny. He's like, I'm thinking it's vacation wow, friends. Yeah. And they're like, whoa. That's a big time. So the shared values of that culture makes right. vacation friends a pretty high, yeah, yeah, yeah. high um, level. Right. But the Bible gives us our values. Yeah. And so for Christian communities and Christian friendships, you now have a new checklist of consideration that mm. comes from Scripture that gets you evaluating the quality of your friendship. Mm. But if you don't share that mind, because yeah. mm-hmm. you could be a Christian and someone else be a Christian and they, sure. just some biblical illiteracy create an ocean right. yeah. between you in terms of shared values. Yeah. Yeah. But if you both are learning the word together mm. and you have discussions about it mm-hmm. and you come to the place where you can agree yeah, there's no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. If you really do love me, yeah. you you would you would drop your agenda right now to give me some time because I'm hurting or mm-hmm. I need this yeah. moment. And I know you're busy, but like I'm in need. Yeah. But I know you have that kind of love that Jesus demonstrated for us. Like having that value mm-hmm. that's biblically based gives everyone the permissions mm. to engage the relationship beyond the shallow mm. right like you get to go really deep yeah and jesus in that same chapter of 15 he would highlight that with respect to his relationship even with his disciples it for him culminated in the fact they became friends yeah mm-hmm. and he enters another component he's like um i don't call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants but i call you friends which mm-hmm. the implication there is he, he has confidence in them mm-hmm. he yeah. confides in mm-hmm. them so you have to kind of give people the experiences that allow them to develop confidence in mm. one another. For mm-hmm. Jesus and his disciples, they work together. Mm. That's why he said, I no longer call you servants, I call you um, friends. Right. Uh, because it, he even highlights that he was the master, mm. and still is, but you know, yeah. in, that, in that situation, he's showing that through working together yeah. and being on mission together mm. and serving the Lord together, mm-hmm. they develop friendships. Mm. So giving students opportunities to do just that, to yeah. work together, to serve together. So now you got, again, people spending time, being in proximity together, mm-hmm. spending time together, whether it's quality or quantitative, mm-hmm. sharing values together, mm-hmm. and then doing mission together, doing yeah. work together. Mm-hmm. All of this is increasing your confidence in the relationship that you have with the other so that ultimately it culminates in the kind of love that allows you to drop your agenda, to lay mm-hmm. down your life, for your friend, yeah. right? This text is not to communicate like, uh, like I've often thought about the the Bruno Mar- Mars song where like um, he'd jump on a grenade for you, oh, he'd yeah. uh, put his head on a blade for you, oh, he'd jump gosh. in front of a train for you, right? right? All right, that right, right. This is not what laying down yeah. your life means in this text. It's not like I'm going to catch a bullet for you yeah. kind of thing, mm. but it really has to do with setting aside your personal ambitions mm. and what it is that you think you deserve. Your you are making that other person a priority in your life. And this is a deep friendship. And this yeah. is the kind of friendship Jesus had. It's the kind that he demonstrated with his love. And it's the kind that we could have because it's covenantally based. Right. 
So when you ask that question as the founder of the college and everything, all of the programs that we've implemented take into consideration these components. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to get our students to be friends that have depth, yeah. Yeah. where they have confidence in one another and they, they really love one another and are able to to drop even personal ambition mm. yeah. so as to serve each other. Mm. And you saw that embodied just a couple of chapters earlier in the book of John with Jesus in terms of washing their feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he, he knew who he was and he knew where he was going, where he came from. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, the agenda becomes practically serving mm. his friends whom he loved mm. by even giving them a memory that he would even in that moment remind them, you must, you got to remember this. Yeah. Right. And um, set them up for a tomorrow that they really had no idea right. about. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's so much in scripture that gives us, again, the value points that we need to ensure become the ornamentation of our lives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that even, I think that's a great point because sometimes I do think that when people think about going to school or going to college and making friends, it almost seems like, a passive or an easy thing to mm-hmm. do. Like, I'm just going to go there and have a community, yeah. Yeah. which maybe just means like be around people that are similarly situated in terms of your culture. Right. Um, but you know, what you're talking about is this is hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, to it, It's not bad or unenjoyable work, but it, it's work. You if know, I may, in, I agree with you, it's work, but I would say it's a spiritual work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're talking about the kind of friendships that are characterized by revelation coming from God. Mm. Yeah. We're not talking about, as you said, just getting around people who kind of share our interests or kind of like us, have our right. same culture. That's that's easy. Right. Mm-hmm. But to get around people who come from a diversity of backgrounds and who are being encouraged to be an individual, to be yourself, right, right. there's inherent conflict yeah. with that. Yeah. So how do you how do you resolve all of that? Well you need that shared value system that comes from God right? Mm-hmm. that allows you to um, uh, deny yourself mm. and to pick up that cross and to engage in God's mission and His agenda. So while it is work, it, it, it's we have to remember it's really not our work, it's God working mm. on us yeah, mm. because we are His workmanship. And as we let Him work on us, we turn into the kind of people who do what it is we were supposed to do. Right. So it's it's my opinion that the 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 work that people end up doing is a work of submission. It's a work of obedience. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a work of just doing what God says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you do that, the friendships come. Mm. Right. So I, I I would hold that you're not really working at developing friendships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're working at de- developing a relationship with the Lord. And becoming the kind of person that does what he says. Mm-hmm. That's what John 15 is all about. If you love me, you'll do what I say. Yeah. yeah. And I command you to love one another, verse 17. Mm. That it's first uh, John 5. It's not that we love God, but he loved us first. Yeah. Like our priorities have to be there. Mm. Right. And that's the kind of friend you want, anyways. Right. Yep. You want the kind of friends who support, first and foremost, your relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And who want to see you embody his spirit in such a way that you live out the values that are promoted in scripture, yeah. mm. which includes becoming a person who is committed, covenanted, mm-hmm. who loves sacrificially, who's generous, mm-hmm. who demonstrates kindness, but also can tell the truth in love right. yeah. so as to build someone up uh, mm-hmm. where confrontation is seen as an opportunity to be sharpened, mm-hmm. to, to just be better people. Mm-hmm. But all of this is according to God's agenda because right. he's working on us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he even uses us with each other to 
further. Definitely. As he was saying, 15 either prune us so mm-hmm. we we're more productive or to help us understand how uh, we may even disqualify ourselves mm. and be uh, cut away mm. yeah. from what it is that he wants to do. But the key operative term in the first few verses of John 15 was abide, or the Greek word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, which again means stay in proximity, mm-hmm. spend some time, yeah, stay connected. Mm-hmm. I think one of the cooler things that we do at the Institute along those lines is our practice of morning prayer mm-hmm. uh, in the houses and just ensuring that this is not, we're not just saying, all right, go to your own separate rooms and have a time, but like, let's get together in the mm-hmm. morning and talk to one another, talk to the Lord, share our burdens with one another, um, and, and, and trust the Lord. I think that even those kinds of things is, is practice of the work of growing closer to the Lord and then mm-hmm. the subsequent kind of relationships that come out of just time and prayer with one another. Yeah, I mean, it's such an important distinction, I feel like, more and more and more to... to point people to the Lord and help them recognize that He's the one that we're all pursuing, and that if we are really doing that wholeheartedly, we're inevitably going to find each other's shoulder to shoulder yeah. mm-hmm. in life, you know, yeah. and no matter what comes at us, we're going to do it together because we've got our eyes fixed on Him. Yeah, I mean, the Christian college is the ideal environment to experience this kind of community, because yeah. mm-hmm. you've got... Uh, typically a bunch of young adults Mm -hmm. who now have the capacity to make genuine commitments that belong to them and not their parents or anyone else. And that they are now learning together, doing mission together, Mm -hmm. that they are working together, spending time, quality, quantity. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like such a waste to not see that time as an investment into what will be in your lifetime the most important asset you have. Right. Outside of your spouse and right, kids. Right, right. Which is your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen, when you started this out, you reminded me of something I had heard a couple years ago where the person was saying one of the most overlooked miracles of Jesus was the fact that he had 12 friends in his 30s. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That that is a that is a pretty pretty profound comment at yeah. this time in our our world, and we're definitely not talking about shallow friendships here. Right. It's so important then that we highlight that. Yeah, and I think it would seem for a lot of people it's just kind of crazy that to think that you could go to college and have a bunch of deep friendships, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the Institute now is 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And we we have seen, yeah. we have seen Literally. that these friendships emerge yeah. and that people, because they do have all of those previously mentioned components, mm-hmm. really learn to love one another. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, was what Jesus provided as evidence to the world that we belong to him, that yeah. we were his disciples, that mm-hmm. we love one another. Mm-hmm. Right. So how could a Christian collegiate education culminate in anything other than a bunch of disciples who really know how to love one another. And I'm not just talking about, again, shallow cordiality or um, just cultural niceness. We're talking about the kind of friendships that make you brothers and sisters in Christ where you can argue and Mm -hmm. resolve, Mm -hmm. where you can have an opinion and not need anyone to agree with you or vice versa, where you then are always also bound by the command of the Father, 
so that just like siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want to go to McDonald's. I want to go to Carl's Jr. I right. want to go to Panda Express. And dad's like, we're going to Arby's. Right. right. And that's it. And everybody's like, <laughs> dang it. They yeah. get it, right? Yeah. So as the siblings, we all know we can argue. We can do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But it's so nice to be around people who have the value. What does God say? Yeah. What does God want? Yeah. And I love that about our college is that mm-hmm. our students have learned what does God say in his word about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can we resolve our differences outside of the unity we have in Christ, mm-hmm. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. But people figure out funny ways to do that. Yeah. I just think it, it's it, it's been my testimony that w- it was in college that I developed mm-hmm. my longest standing relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm so blessed to continue to work and play yeah. and do mission yep. and live life with these um, brothers and sisters of mine that, are, that were my friends and it's because of Jesus that they're so meaningful. Amen. I mean, mm-hmm. even now they have kids, yeah. and th- their kids are like family too. It's yeah. it's a really powerful thing that God's doing mm-hmm. in the world through His body. Whenever we discover that we can indeed love one another mm-hmm. yeah. and love Amen. one another the way God's loved us, so it's my hope for any college student going to your second question that yeah. they can find that kind yeah. of community, but. They will have to consider the intentionality of the institution right. to create those opportunities. Yeah. yeah, I know my college, there were like social mixers kind of things. Mm-hmm. There were sports events. And, and you could find a club maybe mm-hmm. where you had a shared interest. Mm-hmm. But I do think what was missing at the college I went to, which was a Christian private college, mm-hmm. what was missing there was the teaching mm-hmm. yeah. that helped us to understand how these things meant what they were supposed to mean. Right, what's right. the significance? Yeah, and then, and then the accountability mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Mm. So our, at our college, we have student accountability groups. Right. Yeah. And they're led through a curriculum that even teaches them what accountability means. Mm-hmm. And it's through that scriptural education that they even learn permissions for how to behave mm-hmm. within the yeah. context of a relationship. I mean, how many people expected something of a friend that they thought they were really close to, but when they saw their friend act differently, they just had to wane off the relationship because mm. they had no recourse. Mm. Yeah. Where our students are taught confrontation. Yeah. Right. Why'd you say this when you didn't mean it? Your right. yes is supposed to be a yes. Yeah. And it like I, I had I had a sad ending to a friendship some years ago. Mm. Uh, of which I, I knew we were never going to have a relationship because uh, with what she was saying she and her husband wanted to do, it just came, what came out of my mouth was like, where'd you learn a love like this? Mm. A love mm. that doesn't confide, a mm. love that doesn't share burdens, a love mm. that, I had so many scriptures yeah. that I was sharing. I was like, where'd you learn a love like this? And she just sat there silent. It's mm. heartbreaking. Yeah, and and I knew that that relationship was over. Yeah, because if we if we try to love in and of ourselves, right? You can't. Uh, well, it's it's like what is that? Yeah, you know, it yeah. can't be an enduring love. Yeah, sure. Again, back to First John. It's not that we love God, but He loved us first, mm. and that's a strong communication to say God is the model for love. Mm. Right. He is the one who shows us how we're to love, and He is indeed faithful, mm. yeah. and loyal, mm-hmm. and committed, and dependable. Uh, Jesus was upset with the leaders of his day in John 10. Mm-hmm. You could hear it 
how he talks about the shepherds. Mm-hmm. And he says for a lot of these folks in these institutions is his day where they're supposed to be shepherding the flock of God, mm. they're just hirelings. Mm. Yeah. How do we know they're hirelings? Because anytime there's any kind of danger, they just run away. Mm. But the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Right. And you get the laying down your life again. No greater love than this that a man lay down, lays down his life for his friends. First yeah. um, John 3 says that... Um, uh, because Jesus laid down his life for us, we should also lay down our lives yeah. mm-hmm. for one another. And these are scriptures. Yeah. And so when you're in a relationship with someone and you try to lay down the scripture, mm-hmm. but they don't share that love, mm-hmm. they yeah. don't have that, you don't really have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there wasn't enough scripture <laughs> to teach all this stuff when I was in college to even call anybody out. And mm-hmm. so what ended up happening is, you you did end up still being with those who you shared something with, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right? But but so many people just became your friends from college. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right, used right, to know right. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to explore kind of a different element of this and about community. And I think sometimes when students think about college and being a community, they only think about community with other students or people that are peers. Oh. Um, and I know for us, we've really tried to give students a lot of interactions with godly adults. I mean, I guess college kids are adults, but you know, older, sure, um, different demographics, past generations, age, right? Yeah. Uh, and this for us has been even like you know, faculty and staff and alumni participating in things like intramural sports. Mm-hmm. We've been in plays together, yeah. You know, musicals, even uh, functioning as mentors, functioning to as mentors, yeah. right? I mean, traveling abroad together. Yeah. that's a that's a big thing. And um, why do you think that these kind of interactions are critical for students looking for a college? And the reason I'm saying that is, I know that I did have some interactions with faculty uh-huh. at the college I went to, uh-huh. but I would just say overall it was pretty limited. Hmm. Um, they lived outside the city where where I lived, and so they all commuted about an hour away. Um, and that that is just not the experience that students have here. And um, you know, how do you think that that plays into a student's experience re- regarding community? We're always looking for models hmm. as yeah. human beings, right? And it's one thing for someone to speak a concept mm-hmm. and then for us to mentally move through the concept and feel like we have a sense of understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other thing to see that word incarnate. Mm-hmm. Right. The benefit that disciples receive that all of us are a little jealous over right, right, right. <laughs> is they got to see that word incarnate. They got yeah. to see the Bible played out. Mm. They, Jesus said it in John 6. He's like, Moses wrote about me. Yeah. <laughs> he's saying he is the embodiment of biblical literacy. Mm. Yeah, And I think it's so important for students to be able to witness an incarnation of the word mm. through the practices of those who are ahead of them yeah even if it's just a few years ahead of them right and i think we try to charge our students with that responsibility Mm. to to recognize everybody's in a different place but as you continue to grow and mature in the lord you enter into the responsibility of carrying his name Mm. which means that we become models yeah and i think uh it's hard to be a model if you're not in proximity Mm. right so yeah at our college all of our teachers Ah, one the exception of one faculty member, which is a temporary scenario right now. Uh-huh. All of our faculty live within walking distance of the college mm. campus. Yeah, yeah. And it is very <laughs> common for our professors or the admin, like like yourself, Jen, mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. The, the student life director, to have students over to our houses. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 know our kids. Yeah, we know their parents. Right. right? 
<laughs> it, and it's it's a really special thing. And I think for some folks, they're like, well, that's that's something when you have a small college. But if you start having thousands of students, you can't do that. Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have thousands of students then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It changes. <laughs> or, the or maybe you should. Or you know, if you have thousands of students, break down the college into separate sectors, which right, people do, like a school right. of music. But yeah. you still yeah. want to have a strong sense of community where. Mm-hmm. It's not just peer to peer, right? Mm-hmm. But that you have models, mm-hmm. yeah, and you have people who can say, "Hey, listen, I walk that path you're about to do. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, you, you can walk it if you want, but I think you need to consider taking this route. Yeah, right. that's so nice. Yeah. So nice. Because I remember for me, I remember being a freshman and looking at juniors who would have been 20 mm. and thinking, "Man, these guys have really taken the path <laughs> and figured this out." You know, and now looking, I was like. <laughs> 20. I don't know what they were. They were just yeah. making stuff up this oh, whole time. Right, right. And a lot of institutions, they purposefully separate the age groups mm-hmm. yeah. so as to prevent any of this from even happening. Right. Like I knew that there were marrieds at yeah. our school and I knew there was marrieds housing in this one apartment uh-huh. complex, but I didn't really know any marrieds. Yeah, that or was the same for have me. any classes. Yeah. yeah. I don't but even they, remember seeing them actually. <laughs> We were so separated. You know, they do it on purpose, though. Yeah. yeah, the institutions do it on purpose so that so that they're everybody's kind of in the same place at the mm-hmm, same time, mm-hmm. and and it apparently makes things a little less complicated, I guess, mm. for the leadership of the institutions because uh-huh. it's much easier to appeal to a narrow demographic. Mm. Mm-hmm. But in a community like ours, where you consider uh, the fact that our college students. Campus even has on it a K through twelve with volunteer yeah. opportunities right. with the kids. Uh, that the 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 again elders even of our community at large mm-hmm. uh, volunteer as professors. They mm-hmm. they, yeah. they volunteer in the lunch program. Mm-hmm. There's all oh, there's all kinds of people of different demographic mm-hmm. that are all part of this Christian community that's mm. a part of our college. Like our alumni involvement. Oh, I would I would like to argue per ratio is probably one of the highest in Christian colleges. I feel like it has to be. Yeah, it has to be because yeah. we're talking like over ninety percent of That's our what it is. It's right. alumni 90%. graduates yeah. still participate mm-hmm. in the functioning of our institution. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic, yeah, fantastic um, paradigm for modeling, mm-hmm. and that kind of modeling also comes with accountability and protection. Oh yeah. So I, I think. When we remember that no education is effective without some kind of real world um, simulation Mm -hmm. to some degree. Mm -hmm. And I utilize the term simulation because in the Christian community, there's it's characterized by grace, mercy and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's real safe. It's like, we do simulator planes because when you crash and burn, you don't actually die, mm. right? right? Mm-hmm. And in a Christian community with people who are guided by those values, you could really mess up conflict resolution and not crash, burn, and die. Right. Yeah, right. But you do that stuff out in the world. Oh, yeah. could cost you your job. Ca- crash, burn, and die. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, I, think, I think the safety that comes with knowing everybody in your environment hmm. is consciously involved yeah. in giving you the freedom to grow and to make mistakes and to fail. Because hmm. that's one of the hardest things for students who come here is they don't want to fail. They're always like, I don't want to fail. Yeah. yeah. But then it's like, well, you're going to 
have to risk failing because you're about to do something new. Mm-hmm. Right. You're about to try something. Right. Well, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. They get paralyzed. And it's always cool to have someone who says, hey, listen, I failed at this before, but I finally got it. Yeah. Let me hold your hand through this. Right. So awesome. Let's go. Yeah. And I'm saying that in my college experience, did not have that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the closest I had to someone guiding me at something was my RD. Mm-hmm. And he put me on probation. And and then basically one time invited me into his house where we had dinner. And that was to just further explain my probation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I just had no respect yeah. for the guy. <laughs> like. Yeah. He just he just seemed like a hireling because mm. right. when I really needed him that year, my mom was going through cancer, mm. and so I was acting out. I was mm. like a you know an eighteen year old, yeah. and I was concerned for her. I didn't know what was going to happen. It, it seemed like it was really bad, mm. and uh, even at one point, my dad called me and said, "Hey, you need to come home and spend time with your mom. Mm-hmm. We got her prognosis, and it doesn't look good." Mm. And I just cried on my bed, mm. and, and I even I went to the RD and I just said, "You know, can you pray for me?" And he just looked at me, he goes, yeah, I'll put you on my list like I do the other students, and I'm sorry that your mom's going through this. He's got nice words, but yeah. like, gosh, I, I mean, around here, if yeah. something like that happened, we'd be laying hands on oh, him, yeah. praying for him. There'd be a care package in right? the mail to the right. family. Yeah. There'd be an invitation to yeah. any kind of mm-hmm. help that's needed because we don't got hirelings around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really think that leadership is a very important component to mm, community. Mm, right. Agreed. And if you don't have servant leadership that's based upon the word of God, you'll never get to experience the fullness that God intends for us as human beings yeah. with respect to community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I think, you know, even just uh, part of what that motivation is behind those models, and this is something that I get to witness all the time, is how our our alumni, because in fact, we've had so many different visitors that have come through our school, you know, even other folks who work in higher education. And that often becomes a question they ask is like, how are you, how'd you get your alumni to be so involved with what you guys have going on around here? But because they're alumni, and they've truly, you know, they've really committed themselves to learning God's word, not just for their college education, but even on and beyond what they gain at the Institute, they've learned how to study God's word themselves, they really believe it. And yeah. want to obey it. Absolutely. So when you call them and you say, "Hey, can you you know lead prayer for our students tomorrow morning at six a.m.?" They're actually their first response is, "Yeah, let me figure it out. I'll be there. I'm yeah, excited. Amazing. It's so amazing, amazing you know." Um, but I, I love all of this. I think it's it's so wonderful. Um, I I think you actually really answered another question that I was just thinking through is the way that the the concept of community has really morphed over the last decade or so. Um, even like what our, you know, maybe grandparents had with like shows like Leave It to Beaver when they heard community, it was one thing versus yeah. like even our own parents with, you know, other social media forums when they think of community, it, it's so different. Um, but, you know, the way that that's challenged our concept of, you know, quote unquote friends, you know, if I'm doing quote fingers here or yeah. likes and who likes us, um, how how can we really transition to a more biblical definition of community and then carry those into our college experience? I think you've touched on it a lot, yeah. but I think even in just considering that this is a reality we have to contend with. The social um, media part. The social media part, yeah. And, and how do students that are looking for schools to go to and really trying to combat, you know, this idea of like what it means to have real friends, 
how should they be thinking about their college experience um, when it comes to to ascertaining those? And I think you've answered it a lot, really, in your first. Well, I, I you know to, to be more explicit, then we we do have on online uh, program, yeah, mm-hmm. and I I love it. I I I'd love to see it grow even more. And I yeah. think online is fantastic for folks who have non traditional experiences. Mm-hmm. Right, you're you're older. You um, have a family. Sure. You're um, located for work in a, a some place that's not near the destination where you'd like to go to school. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of practical reasons mm-hmm. for it. I think at the traditional age, doing online school, mm-hmm. if anything, that should just be a way for you to to um, get a taste of what the institution could offer, and should be a bridge yeah. into mm-hmm. the traditional experience. But for those who are part of online educational communities, one of the very important things that you must be responsible for is how you take the principles you're learning, and if it's a Bible school, from God's word, mm-hmm. and apply them to your existing relationships. Mm. Yeah. Apply them to your existing sphere and your That's existing so network. Good. Yeah. So it could be a very interesting conversation to get with your friends. Maybe you, you see them once a month, you guys do a dinner together, uh-huh. and you just bring up, hey, what do you guys think about this uh, concept of covenant with respect to friendships? Mm. I was learning about covenant and, and you just share, yeah, yeah, and then see what they say, and then ask the question like, do you, do you guys think that we have deep friendships, or mm. do you think we're shallow? And then hear opinions, and yeah. You start implementing your education, yeah, it, and you give the Holy Spirit some room to work in those mm. relationships. You might find the incredible benefit of hearing and obeying, yeah. <laughs> doing what God says, I love that. making your faith into a work, and and experiencing the benefit of mm. it. So I think. For folks who can't have an on-campus experience, mm-hmm. you definitely have your family, and mm-hmm. you have people at work, mm-hmm. and and God is at work. Mm, amen. As you implement His Word, the right people will show up, mm. yeah. and everybody deserves to have that kind of deep friendship yeah. that Jesus even got to experience mm. and wants us to have, and has given us a spirit so that we could even tap into that truth where you can have those really authentic Mm. relationships. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's so good. All right. Well, you guys, thanks for the conversation. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you next time. All right. Thanks for listening to College Conversations. If you have ideas for the podcast, including topics or guests, or even just questions you might have, we would love to hear them. Contact us using the link in the show notes. Thanks and God bless.